0: Hi, I'm Dr. Sab Cohen-Hatton, I'm a neuroscientist specialising in human and animal learning mechanisms, and Christmas!
1: Step into Christmas, step yeah. in forever and let's see the forever and ever! I'm Tony Penrith, I'm an expert in canine predatory behaviour, and I'm also a former police dog
2: handler. It's Chris! I'm Danny Wells, I'm a dog trainer that specialises in unwanted and dangerous behaviour.
0: <laughs> and every week we sit down to talk about the latest research in canine science.
1: And more importantly, how you can apply that research to your own dogs to get to know them even better. Welcome to the Christmas episode
2: of The Dog Scholar.
0: And Happy Christmas! Happy Christmas! It's yes. do on its way, it's on its way. We've got a problem i Jewish.
1: Oh, no. What do, what, do you say, what do you say for Jewish people at Christmas? Well,
0: to be honest, it's still Happy Christmas because, like, you know, it's fun. It's cultural. Well, then we it's haven't still got celebrated. <laughs>
1: still, I, uh, I feel sort of, like, culturally thick now. Is it still celebrated?
0: No, we don't celebrate Christmas. Oh. You right. know. Why uh, the fuck are you dressed like that, then? Because it's Christmas!
2: <laughs> yeah! Why not yeah. like
0: that? Because Dude. I took it seriously until I had a child. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, I don't care. I love Christmas. It's yeah. fun. Can't, yeah, I can't, I can't concentrate on them. Well, I'll, I'll leave them on. Mine on. I'll oh, yeah. Keep You're them on. You're quite I'm apt, up. actually. Yeah. You've got yeah. two little socks. That could be very practical for you, Danny. Well, not, when it, not unless I've got two little feet. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: what about you with your
0: pair of Sanders? Your Sanders? I can't the one. see him.
2: I can't
1: see them We have to turn out beady boppers, aren't
2: they? One's doing a fourth wall break. How's that? That's better. Oh, there nice. you go. Yeah, are we good? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. like um, oh, what was that mythical thing? Is it Janus, the one with two faces? Don't know. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I can name any yeah. people with two faces.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Santa because yeah. he's consistently great. Fourteen yeah, yeah. days
2: and he's here. He's got one. fourteen <laughs> days <in his> and <laughs> <laughs> he'll be with us. He's on he's his way. An he's, an way. he's on his way, track. kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Right. What are we going to talk Welcome about? Welcome to the Christmas special of the Dog Scholar. Right, a dog is not just for Christmas. That was my line, by the way, but okay. (laughs) 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 Right, a dog is not just for Christmas. We all know that. But, but I have a question. What's your question? What's the impact on dogs when they do get given up?
2: Oh, it's a bit of a downer, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's Christmas. Well, it is if it's your dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. People celebrating their dogs and celebrating Christmas. Yeah,
0: but there are
2: people that do get dogs spare of the moment for Christmas and they do give up on them, don't they? So the statistics are out there. So Merry Christmas, but listen up.
0: (laughs) Serious points. And in fact, nearly 13 million dogs are in the UK. And 26% of adults have a dog.
2: Ten of them million are in my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are loads. And actually, COVID had a really big impact. Uh, between March 2020 and March 2021, there were an extra 3.2 million households that got a pet. And by March 2021, 5% had already been given up. So mm. lots of lots of people got a pet and then realised quite quickly... They couldn't keep the pet. Mm. So it's a thing. Between 19,000 and 130,000 dogs are given up on every single year.
2: That's a that's an overwhelming it's number, huge. That is isn't it? It's a,
0: yeah. and, you know, we've all seen it and, and I get it, you know. Well, I know one of the common factors for people giving a dog up is that it hasn't met their expectations. Um, and that's a bit sad, actually, isn't it? And we've all seen it where people have had a dog, thought that it was going to be really amazing, and it's not quite mm. turned out to be the same. And then they've gone, do you know what? It's not for me. I can't do it. And it, it, it's hard. And you see yeah. sometimes people still going back and repeatedly then getting, getting another dog. It's like, actually, that dog doesn't suit me anymore, but I'm going to try that one because that one looks cooler. I yeah. really don't but like that. If you're, if you can't facilitate keeping that dog and loving that dog, don't get another dog. I, I
2: actually, I, I I wouldn't say there's a count. I'd say I'd say a counter opinion on that. I think I feel sorry um, for the average person who's looking for a dog today because I think those expectations are unrealistic and it's imposed on them. I, I think you know go go back when I was a kid like adopting a dog went't like a major thing but now it now it's like massive like you literally pet owners are made to feel guilty for buying a dog instead of adopting one yeah. you know do you know what I mean and in order for that to happen you have to push a, a a level of um of what would you say? Like, it, it trigger people emotively. People, for people to mm. do that and not get the pedigree dog, you have to be like, you know, this dog's in the kennel and he just wants a home and he, you know, he just wants to be cuddled and all this kind of thing. And, and people go in going, Oh, yeah, I, I need to save this dog. And that's all they're thinking about. They're not thinking about the responsibility of nurturing that dog and taking them into, you know, into adulthood or, 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 cre- or, or taking an adult mm. and having as a, 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 a well-balanced dog. So when they get that dog home, mindlessly thinking all we need to do is love and give this dog a home. They're not really thinking about the responsibilities and the hard work that they need to put in to create the perfect dog for them. And then the expectation's not met
0: and they give up I see that I I'm, completely understand it I'm talking more about people that get a dog as a fashion accessory oh, yeah, and matter. then decide that that dog doesn't suit my mm-hmm. fashion image anymore mm-hmm. so I'm going to get rid of that and I'm mm-hmm. going to get another one that's a so, bit cooler so while, while like I'll that.
2: focus more on what I'm what what i saying is because working on the ground let's so to speak as a dog trainer that's what I see a lot
0: yeah. people
2: give up on their dogs because he just he just I can't toilet train him he keeps kicking off at the window and this yeah. that and the other and I'm like did you not think that these things might happen when you, when you get a dog but they never they yeah. got sucked in to an advertisement on the telly they got their dog and now they're like why is it doing this why is it doing that you know what I mean Uh, yeah
1: I I think you know given the fact we just said a few moments ago you know 14 days to Christmas Eve or whatever if you're thinking of getting a dog if you're thinking of getting a dog for Christmas don't yeah. Don't. Yeah. Hang fire. Yeah. Wait until after New Year. Whilst everyone is, you yeah. know, genuinely sort of like buzzing and bubbly, it's a fantastic yeah. time of year, everyone feels charitable, everyone, you know, want, yeah. wants to give, um, that perhaps this isn't the best time to actually think, right, the, what, what I want to give... Is another living being to somebody because because it's lovely and because they love animals like this and and it it caught up in all the festivities and the fun of it. Hold fire until January. See how you feel. feel. I don't want to talk about January, but it's Christmas, but (laughs) see how you feel then. You know, and if you still feel the same way inclined, that's the time to do it because you'll find that centers have a lot more stock in around January time, where people have made the mistake of going out and getting the puppy for Christmas, getting the dog for Christmas, yeah. but, you know, realise it isn't right for them, and they end up going back or end up going to centres. But, you know, just think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy yourself. You know, have some fun. But now isn't necessarily the time to to invest in buying uh, or adopting a puppy or dog.
0: No. Get a
1: electrics. Yes, yes, get a electrics.
0: Yeah, get a scale electric.
1: <laughs> <laughs> other um, radio controlled racing car systems are, are available Scale <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so, actually just drop us a DM
2: eh? yep. so just Sam the is there any statistics or science to say what the common reasons are for people wanting a dog in the first place
0: yeah there is actually I found a really good study it was a survey of more than 10,000 people so it kind of gave quite a representative um, response and they'd ask people why they wanted to get a dog or why they got a dog what the reason was and the most common reasons were for companionship and exercise and mental health improvements. Um, and a full analysis showed three main overarching themes. So part of the motivation was related to that person themselves. It was because they wanted that kind of companionship that we talked about. They wanted to feel less lonely, for example. They wanted some kind of friendship through that dog. Um, and then the dog kind of impact on their self identity, the way that they saw themselves. So they saw themselves as kind of dog people. So it was more than a, more than an affinity. It was kind of part of who they saw themselves as, as a person. So that was one of the reasons it was kind of related to the self.
2: Fucking weird (laughs) that, isn't
0: (laughs) it? Yeah, go on. The other one was a more social-based motivation. So it was the desire to help a dog in need, for example. So like we were talking about with the adverts, they say, oh, come on, Dr. Dog, these dogs need your help.
1: I wonder how much of that is actually wanting to help the dog in need or liking the feeling of having helped yeah, a dog in like, you know, a Yeah, like doing a, doing a selfless yeah. act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 but uh, it comes down to the question of whether there is ever any true altruism because yeah. you're always going to get something mm. positive from that, even if it's the feeling. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could have also been because the, their child or their partner had expressed a desire to have a dog. Yeah, um, seen the adverts and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and some were influenced more by their kind of social network. So it might be like a family decision yep. to go out and get a dog. So that was the social-based motivation. So we've got the self, we've got the social. And then the third one, was dog-related positive feelings. It might be that they felt good about a particular breed. They identify with that breed or they just love their loyalty, their loving nature. It's half of my
2: client base though. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I wonder how much of uh, an impact social media has had Mm. on people's um, taking on dogs do you know what I mean because there's so many yeah, yeah. social media accounts of dogs or posting funny things about dogs yeah. do you know what, and yeah. like being part I'm, of that yeah. I wonder whether people see it and that makes people also think I, I, I'd like the idea of that you know I'd want to yeah. do that I wonder if it, I, I don't th- yeah, know whether yeah. there is any reason and I
2: think a big one it, a, I a big one I pick up on is um, people get drawn to a specific breed like we, like we just um, yeah. said then and breed-specific groups. They go, oh, I love them dogs. Oh, there's groups, you click on it and then you're getting an unrealistic idea. Like, most most breed-specific groups are filled with pet owners who will excuse so much unwanted behaviour because they're blinded by how much admiration they have for their dog. So... When, when you see it all the time as a dog trained, don't you? Well, my dog's fine, but 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 your dog doesn't behave like my dog. You just yeah. are happy with what with, with your lot That's not to say that this person going. They're saying that this dog's great with kids and this dog's great with that. Oh, that is the perfect dog for me. You get it? And you realize it ain't like that. It isn't like that at all. People will actually excuse unwanted behavior. It's like the whole like um, parents who just can't see any bad in their children. Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? And you're like, no, your your kid started this. My child would never do that. You know what I mean? Right. Meanwhile, they're running on the backlighting fires. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah,
1: we, we um, I don't, I don't think it's in there. But we, when I think about personally, you know, our reason for, as in me and my wife, when when we got together, um, was we had dogs before we had kids. Yeah, and I think there's also the aspect of sort of like you have that, you know, a lot of people reach a point in life where you you have nurturing coming and you want to give something. You know, you're probably preparing mm-hmm. yeah. for not everybody, but those who are, you know, preparing for a family and, and having dogs is almost like a trial run, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. You, you can, you, you know, the and, responsibility
2: and then, of keeping another living being alive and well. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you have kids, you realize how easy it was having dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. And not
2: just well, that, sorry, not just that, the, um, the, the time that you have to put into your dogs. I honestly think now if I never had any dogs, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'm like, they take up so much of me life and me time. I'd be like I'm twiddling yeah. my thumbs, what the hell? Am I? I'd probably be a lot more proactive to be honest
0: <laughs> I, I get so much from my relationship with my dogs. I and mean, talking about the reasons for getting dogs, for me, when I was experiencing homelessness back when I was, um, when I was younger, for those that don't know, I experienced um, two and a half years on and off of rough sleeping and being in uh, insecure accommodation. And I had a dog, Menace, who was with me 24 hours a day. And when I was completely isolated from everyone else, he was the one that was with me and he was my main social and emotional connection and that meant so much. So I take a huge amount from my connection with my dogs, it really matters to me on a really kind of deep level and I I, I would feel really uncomfortable Without having a dog, I do. It really matters to me. But I mean, pe- different people have got different reasons. If you're quite a sedentary person, you're like, I need to move more, I want to do stuff, and you have that desire to. And then having a dog enables that. Well, I can understand how that's a really good thing. And we know that dogs have a hugely positive impact on people's mental health. Touching a dog, being with a dog, petting a dog can lower your blood pressure. It can lower your cortisol levels. It's good for your mental health. So there's a lot of really positive things hmm. that you get from. From having a dog but sometimes it's about making sure that those expectations or your reason for wanting a dog is aligned with your capacity to commit yeah. to caring for that dog Yeah and it's also term. about
2: understanding that having a dog is not just about what you get from the dog,
1: uh, but you no, have to go. give. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. what I was just going to say yeah. when you when you were talking about getting a dog great for minds, companionship. Yeah. yeah, it's massive. It's a Christmas vibe. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeling it, He's
1: feeling it. Festive connection. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say people will but think, oh, I, I like running. You know, I do a lot of cross-country running, so I'm going to get uh, um, a husky. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get some kind of, you know, sled dog or something. I, I want, I want to do something. I want to do canny cross or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, and I want a dog attached to me. Or, um, I love doing activity. Th- I'd like to do agility. I'm going to get a collie, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Or he work to music. I'm going to get a collie or you are picking dogs that you think will suit your activity. But not necessarily take, and I say this as at this time of year, you know, where you yeah. would think, what would they like? Well, what are they into? They're into that. Well, they haven't got a dog. They've said they'd like a dog. Research what kind of dog is good for? Oh, that good, that kind of bing. Yeah. That's the that sort of thing I'm cool. going to get. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the sort of one that would suit yeah. them without actually realizing. What else goes with that breed? You know, yeah. that's that's one. Yeah. Like, there's a big aspect of your life. That's a small aspect of their life. There's lots of other things that go with it that perhaps you haven't accounted for. And yeah. it's so easy to ping on on the internet, isn't it? And find something. You get somebody, like you said, Danny, who is very breed positive uh, or breed bias if you like yeah. and so they'll put only the positive attributes about that dog yeah. in order to encourage more yeah. people to engage with that kind of dog yeah. but it's broader than that isn't it yeah. you know yeah. they, they they need more than that they present they more yeah. than that and if
0: it doesn't match the reality if, it, if the reality doesn't match their expectations that can be really stressful and really hard and really difficult yeah, for someone yeah, yeah. it can negatively impact their mental health
2: it definitely negatively impacts the dog, dog yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah huge and this and this is this is an this is an issue for me because so when when pet owners are looking to rehome these dogs they naturally think that they should find the dog a home and 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 rehome that dog appropriately but chances are you've rehome that dog because there's problems so when you pass them problems to another home they they tolerate them until the novelty wears off and pass them to another home and this is where behavior can get out of control so you're much better going to a reputable non-destructive rescue that will rehome a dog ethically with what's called rbu rescue backup so that dog cannot be passed from pillar to post
0: Sab, why do um why do people give up on their dogs? What does the science say? Well, there is quite a bit out there, and there's no doubt that unwanted dogs is a problem. They end up in shelters, dogs are put down, you end up with stray dogs on the street as well. So, you know, it is it is important to get to the bottom of it. Now there's data that reports that 10% of dogs in rescue centres are euthanized annually in the UK. Mm. You know, and it might differ between different rescue centres, granted, but there's not enough space for all the dogs. Dogs get put down because of behavioural issues that aren't dealt with in the centres that they go to, um, and so it's difficult. I did find a meta-analysis of 39 studies that looked at reasons why dogs were given up globally. Now, a meta-analysis. I know you were going Thank to do you. a nerd alert uh, on that. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. it. I can see it. <laughs> <Nerd> oh, <alert. laughs> I'll make scientists of you yet. A meta-analysis is basically a statistical process that combines data from multiple studies, um, lumps it all together, Runs a, you run another analysis on it. So you get data from lots of places and you reanalyze it and you kind of get a... So that data might have been
2: analyzed for a specific thing and then you might be looking for something else and you use the same data.
0: Exactly. Okay. Exactly that. You put lots of data sources together, basically. So in this paper, I found quite a lot of variation between the studies and between countries. But the most common reasons reported for giving up a dog were behavioural problems, so no surprise there. People had issues with the way the dog was behaving and didn't know what to do to fix it. They weren't successfully fixing it. Um, there's a, hu- a difference in human expectations. So the dog ended up being too much work, too much time, too much effort, too much cost. It wasn't what they thought it would be. And we spoke about that already. Um, the health of the owner changed or there was a change in circumstances like housing change. And this is a bugbear of mine, actually. There are so many people who are in vulnerable housing or who've been experiencing homelessness who have a dog that can't then access housing because when they're trying to rent somewhere, the landlords don't allow tenants with pets. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a barrier <clears throat> and it's a frustration for me. So if you're a landlord, please consider allowing people to have pets. It could make a really big difference to somebody. It's um, getting worse now. When you're looking he, for
2: housing, like lots and lots of um, houses you don't allow pets mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, again this is for the, the blind, you know, pet owner that only sees the good in their dog. If if more people were responsible and dogs were you weren't leaving your dogs with freedom to learn unwanted behaviour, chewing chewing the skating boards, things like that, yeah. then landlords would be a lot more lenient yeah. on on pets, do you know what I mean? So it, it, it has a knock-on effect. I,
1: I, can, I can see both sides of it. I can, I can see why why somebody should, you know, this, this is my animal. Why am I being excluded just simply because I've got the animal? You know, if yeah. it was my partner yeah, yeah. And, and they were my emotional support, whatever, you, you wouldn't have an issue, but with the dog. But I can also see the fact that somebody else, it's their business. It's their yeah, property. Yeah, they that. don't want, you know, yeah, once, if you've got cats and wants a cat as... Yeah. Tomcat has yeah. peed all over your property it's yeah. very very and difficult if, to get rid if
2: that rid is of your business yard. and that's what you're into like I'm into dog training so me and Jamie are mates because we, we share a mutual interest in dog training mm-hmm. naturally landlords speak to other landlords and the stories are I've just gone in there and there's, there's, there's piss and shit everywhere they've chewed this and they've chewed that so the horror stories pass on and then they're like yeah. nah I'm not having pets in my house
0: so again I, I get it I do on on a serious note when I was rough sleeping with my dog I wouldn't take a bed in a hostel because it was a choice between a bed for yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. On my dog, and my dog would win every single time every time, yeah. but not accessing the hostel meant that i wasn't then accessing other support, so it just yeah. made the journey longer,, yeah. it made it more difficult, and it was really tough and actually i'm an ambassador for an amazing charity called Street vet. And not only do they give free outreach veterinary care to people experiencing homelessness and people experiencing poverty, um, but they also work with hostels. They've got an accreditation scheme where they'll bring a hostel to the point where they will accept people who have dogs and other pets into the hostel. So they'll set up dog-free areas and dog-friendly areas. They'll train the staff. They'll support the clients that are there to make Mm -hmm. sure that their dogs are well-behaved so that they can... Be accommodated in a hospital, uh, and that kind of thing, I think, is really are good. Just, so, are they
1: just vets, or are they vets and volunteers as well? Or I think it's know, a lovely cause. It's amazing. I think it's a lovely if, call. If, if I wanted to know, if I, if I, what do I do? Google Street Vet. Will that give me? Yeah, who yeah. Are?
0: Google Street Vet. Have a look yeah. on their website. There's a host of information there. Mm. There are lots of vets and veterinary professionals there, um, but they are just mm. the best group of kind, caring, committed people. And I it, they're
1: a charity. They're, they're a a charity, charity, yeah, the charity right? yeah. well,
0: yes. So that's not yeah, a bad idea raise, for somebody who's it, feeling
1: it. charitable at this time of year. Yeah, you absolutely. Do Google that's it, that's and it. And yeah. a charity a with the best
2: intentions, yeah. and you know, can I just say as well? You know, when we're talking about what we've just mentioned with the uh, the landlord situation, you can completely understand that with um, with like a private landlord, with a house. But for your situation, that just shows how out of touch this country is with people struggling. The fact that hostels, you're dealing with young people, vulnerable people, who have the only sense of companionship they've got is the, is the, the animal that's with them, whether it be a dog or cat or whatever. And you're like, sorry, there's no dogs. That is just such... That is so out of touch with people that are struggling to get by and yeah. people in vulnerable positions and it show it demonstrates a complete lack of empathy and yeah. I think we need to do better
0: It was hard I mean eventually yeah. eventually when I got back on my feet I managed to find a, a flat that I rented privately really dirt cheap place mm. um, miles away from anywhere. But the landlord was great, and he was really happy for me to have the dog there. And I took care of the place. He came around regularly to make sure the place was okay. Um, And, you know, from that, he then would trust somebody who had a pet. So, you know, you're right. I can see both sides of the circle, but I really do think that it's almost the default, isn't it? No, no dogs allowed. No room at the inn. Yeah, and I just, I wish it was Mm. the other way around. But, you know, that's an aside. And there's a link in the description for Street vet. The last commonly cited reason for giving up a dog were um, issues with the pet's health. Yeah. Um, now, pop question which country are the least likely to euthanise their dogs for problem behaviours? I'll tell you. Australia. Australia. Really? Yeah? Yeah? It was Who's really least
1: likely? What, what, the, the, ch- the rescue centres or just pets or just anyone? In
0: the
2: country. Well, maybe as a whole, maybe, the maybe, least maybe if we just send all of our naughty dogs over there on an island away from England. Don't miss <laughs>
1: That's a silly idea. Next, next, you'll be suggesting that we do the same with all our naughty people. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe a, maybe
1: the dogs then will evolve and create their own society <laughs> You've well, been naughty, you're never going to experience a cold Christmas again There's a tenor. get yes. on that boat and shoot yes. off <laughs>
0: And they'll become one of the most economic yeah, yeah. powerhouses yeah. in the world yeah. They'll yeah. yeah. run their own And country. one of the most yeah.
1: animal welfare friendly, yeah. non euthanizing yeah. for
2: behavioural yeah. problems And
0: before you know it, you won't get, be able to get a visa to go over and play with well. the dogs
2: Shut <laughs> up so- so while we're on um, while we're talking about people giving up on the dogs you want to hear a nice story yes please in the summer me and my partner went to Greece we had a lovely time and on the way home we had to wait on this hill like this and we were waiting for ages for the coach to pick us up and this stray dog came over to us. So naturally me and Char are like, Oh, we can't leave him. And, and it, I said to, I said to Char, it doesn't look like he's, he's stray, stray because he's got no road sense. He's, he, he's, like one wandering around on bends and stuff. And stray dogs are quite sensible around the roads. They, they get it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, we called him Dudley there and then.
0: No, no, as as oh. you do.
2: He looks like a Dudley. Dudley, come on, come on. Oh. So I I Charlotte was like, Oh Daniel, you're going around the corner, what if the coach comes? And it was like, and then she was like, no, forget it, just go, go. I was like, yeah, okay. So I'm ushering him away to the side of the road because car, you know what it's like when you're abroad, they're flying around bends everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um and then he kept following people. And I was like, he's starving him because he looked underweight. So we we run into a five-star like Michelin Chef restaurant. Like, can we have some meat for the dog outside? And this lovely, lovely waitress went, wait one minute, runs into the kitchen, comes out with a plate of food for this dog. Aww. So it ushers him off to the side and she gives him this food. And uh, there's a video, I put it on my me social media, I put it on my me social media off this episode, but you've got to share it so many times for me to do so. And I, am, um, and, I, as soon as we come up with the plate his little face lit up and his tail was wagging oh, yeah. Charlotte sobbing her heart out I looked all thingy but I had a little tear ah. I had a little tear and, um, and she get, we give him this food anyway I was worried sick because we had to leave him and I know he's got no road sense but the coach came so on the coach I googled, um, local non-destructive rescues in the, in, in Crete and I messaged every single one of them and I exaggerated a little bit. There's a dog that's severely mal- malnourished and he looks like he's been hit by a car and you need to go out and see him and, and so on and so forth. And I never got a reply. So Charlotte started hitting the, um, the rescue groups around the local areas. And it turns out there was a lady that we'd actually gone into a shop a few times when we were there who works heavily with stray dogs and cats. She's got like 15 stray cats that she's took on. Well, they're not stray anymore. She's took them on and looks after them. So she said, right, I'll, I'll help. I'll I'll look into this. And she comes back to us. And it turns out, I, well, sorry, I tell lie. I said to her, can you get him Um, take him in? And get his uh, get his vet checks done. I'll pay for it, and I'll import them, and adopt them, and I'll I'll train them, and I'll find them a nice ho- and I'll find him a nice home. And I said I'll pay for it all. And she was like, "Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I made up. I'll find them. I'll find them." And we sh- send him the pictures and the videos, and that's that. She comes back. She'd done a research and found his owner.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sends the picture of the dog that he'd been lost for like four four or five months. He was only a young dog. Aww. Four or five months. And we're like, oh my God, that's the same, that's the same dog. She finds the owner and reunites the dog. And now, off the back of that, Charlotte's taken a team of girls from Unleashed with with their Unleashed jumpers. And next year, they're going to Crete for a week to help the stray dogs in Crete. Oh, fantastic. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Honest to God. Joy, joy. Of all the things that happen. We we were so happy that that turned out like that because what are the chances of actually being able to help a stray yeah. dog? Yeah. I thought it's 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 minimal that they'll be able to track that one dog, but if they can, I'll pay for them It doesn't cost much, you know. You know, if you if you find one, it costs about three hundred quid. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said I pay for the vet checks, and then they all come on the same bus. It's like um forty five dogs, so you, the cost is divided. I, I want to
0: get that bus. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Bring them over. I'll take them on, and um, and I'll find them a good oh. home. and I'd kept them myself, but I've got a lot of dogs, so it, I wouldn't be able to put the
0: time yeah. in. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Worked out, it worked out well as made up. Do you know it's lovely when things like that happen? Sadly, it's not always like it's that not, when dogs are rehomed. Uh, when dogs are rehomed. And another study in the UK looked at dogs that had been rehomed from rescue centres, completely UK-based. Uh, 15% of rehomed dogs are returned to the rescue within six months of adoption. 60% of the oh. returned dogs were returned because of their behaviours. There were similar studies. Uh, sorry, there were similar figures in a study in Milan, um, and attending training classes like yours significantly reduced the risk of the dog being returned.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, and it, it's a it's a frustrating one for me. This um, I, I work closely with um, with rescues, and you won't believe how hard it is to try and get people to stick to a training plan when they've got this preconception of of this is what I want from a dog and trying to get them to understand that whilst you might want that this dog needs this Mm. and you know sometimes it's like you know this whole they need love and they need play some dogs that have got like separation anxiety they don't need any of that at the moment They they need you to provide for them and be a bit distant do you know what I mean so it can it, it can be difficult to get them to um, to see to see you know the wood for the trees so to speak
0: yeah it really can yeah. it really can uh, more from us after the break tis the season to be jolly and today's sponsor Whimsies by Wellness makes the perfect Christmas gift for your dog the entire Whimsies range is hypoallergenic and vegetarian, gluten-free, and has been proven to aid dental hygiene by cleaning teeth, freshening up breath, and reducing plaque and tartar. God knows you need your breath freshened. The alligator and toothbrush treats have been designed with knobbly shapes to ensure proper blood flow through the gums and to clean in between the teeth while they chew. Whimsies are low in fat and calories and made with all-natural ingredients, making them the perfect treat to give to your dog under the Christmas tree. The Whimsies Antler contains natural chamomile extract that helps keep dogs mentally engaged to promote calm behaviour. And just like the other chews, the Antler's been designed to last longer, increasing the chew time and the seasonal fun. So, while you're out searching for your last-minute gifts, don't forget about your dog and pick up Whimsies from a pet store or curl up by the fire and order online by clicking the link in the description. Back to the show. So,
2: what impact does it actually have on the dog? When they're given up, is there any, th- any literature on that?
0: There is, actually. And being given up can have a really profound impact on a dog, especially if they've already got a really well-established bond, which is then suddenly disrupted. So some of those examples we gave, like if the owner's circumstances change and they, they, you know, they, they, they have to move and they can't take the dog with them and they've got a good bond, that's going to be really tough on both the dog and the owner, actually. Um, but any dog that's then... Uh, any dog that's given up and that goes to a new place, they're going to have a new surrounding. They're going to have a change of routine. They're going to experience the absence of the familiar person. They're going to have contact with strangers. And that's stressful. Um, One study that I looked at found elevated cortisol levels in dogs that were confined in a shelter. And the first few days of them being there were particularly high. They were finding it really stressful. On the first three days, 20 minutes of social interaction, which is supposed to help to reduce stress levels in dogs, but the first three days had absolutely no effect at all. Um, Interestingly, in general, dogs that would interact with a woman had lower cortisol levels than those that were interacting with men. There was a subtle aspect there, Mm. but it is relevant for how you might then moderate the impact of cortisol. Um, But it's definitely true that confinement in a shelter would produce a really kind of prolonged activation of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And I know, nerd alert, I know. But it's basically impacting that part of the dog's brain that registers negative emotion that is then producing things like cortisol, Mm -hmm. like adrenaline, which is stressing the dog out. Um, It's tough for a dog, it's really tough. They form attachment bonds with us. They depend on us for security. In this study, they looked at 60 shelter dogs um, in a modified version of a uh, of a test, a psychological test called the strange situation test. Now that was originally developed to measure children's attachment and it involves looking at the responses of the dog when they're left with either their owner or a stranger that's in the room. If it was the one with children, it would be either their mother or a stranger. Um, and it looked at how they dealt with separation from the owner when they were left in with a stranger or when they were left in on their own. Um, and it looked at how distressed they were to look at how secure their attachment bond was with their owner. Um, And even limited social interactions with people, uh, so they were handled three times for 10 minutes, even that was enough to make that person preferred To a strange person so you didn't need much contact to make that new person a familiar person it it does show that despite the stress of a dog being removed that attachment being broken it does show that they're still capable of forming new attachments of forming new bonds so you know that is positive Uh, another study repeated that with adopted dogs and dogs who'd only had one home since puppyhood. And they saw similar patterns of attachment in the strange situation test. Both the adopted dogs and the dogs that were uh, had only one home since puppyhood would equally explore and they'd equally be close to their owner and they'd greet the owner in a similar way. Um, but there were some differences with dogs that had previously been rehomed. They tended to move around more, they paced more, especially when they were left alone in the room. So it did have an impact on them. They would play less with their owners and with strangers um, than the dogs that had had one home since puppyhood. Uh, And particularly when the stranger tried to play in front of the owner, they were less interested than the other group of dogs. Um, They had more visual contact with humans, especially the owner, and particularly when they came back in the room. So there's something there about... Being left and worrying or, or some kind of level of concern about that bond and how that's how secure that bond is. It does suggest that dogs that have been rehomed can be more distressed and anxious than dogs that have only ever had one home. Uh, and there was definitely a difference in yeah. how able they were to cope with emotional distress. Now, we don't know whether the dog's anxiety was because they'd been rehomed or whether they were rehomed because they had a less secure attachment style and they were a more anxious dog anyway. But there were definitely differences with dogs that had been rehomed. It has an impact.
2: Yeah. I, I don't see it. I don't equate the stresses like the, 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 the dogs missing the owner. If you take a dog from one environment and put them in the other, then they can no longer really predict what that environment entails. Dogs will always feel better when they can predict outcomes. Mm. So um Naturally, if you're taking a dog and putting it from one environment to another, especially if it's gone from like a household environment and then to a kennel environment where there's all there's excess noise, it's very busy going on, they're naturally going to stress, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, if a dog has had a, a problem behaviour in one household yeah. and then it's gone to a shelter and then it's been rehomed mm. and it's still doing the same behaviour... Why? Why? that. Why? This, this is the problem. But it's got that opportunity yeah. to practice generalize the behavior in multiple houses this is this is something
2: that i speak openly on social media about as does jamie that the the you know the the eagerness to address unwanted behavior from rescue organizations is minimal it's it is absolutely minimal everything's all about you know making everything fun and the dog needs to be happy all the time instead of you know for an example i won't name any rescues but i went i went to i it was invited to one once and in in the kennel was a chair the chair was absolutely demolished. It had been chewed to bits. I said, why is that chair in there? Oh, we want it to make the dog feel like it's in a home environment. So when you're not achieving that, as soon as you put the dog in a home environment, you change the environment anyway. So nothing changes to the dog. What you're actually doing is allowing that dog to practice dissection, destructive behavior, destructive behaviors on furniture. So when you rehome that dog, Who's got to keep a dog that destroys your £5,000 3 piece suite? You're creating a, a behavioural problem. And what happens is they go from that home. This is the thing. If you pay an adoption fee for a dog and you go, this isn't working out. So give the dog back. Very few people say, oh, I'll, I'll have my money back. So, which, you know, it, it, natural, I, w- I wouldn't do that. And then we go, oh, this dog needs a home. So we'll go to, to we'll go, we'll them to this home with exactly the same problem. Now this one comes back and says the same thing. I don't know whether, you know, that's intentional, but that is, that, that is, that is happening. Mm. Um, We need, rescues need to take responsibility for the behavior that dogs are portraying and, and think to themselves, we might want to make a big fuss and go, come here. I love you. Oh, how funny you. But if you put that dog in a home and it's jumping all over guests, are they, are they likely to work through that or could they get fed up with it and pass the dog on? What I'm basically getting at when I'm going around the world to explain this point is when you're taking on dogs with the intention of rehoming, you should be thinking, What is a desirable, what are the a set of desirable behaviors are most likely to ensure that dog has a home for
0: life? Mm. That's how it should be approached. You're right, because going into a shelter, we've seen the research, it's stressful for the dog. They have elevated cortisol, it's not a positive experience because that something is changing. It has an impact on that dog. There's evidence to suggest it can impact on their uh on the security of their attachment style. Further forward, mm. So whilst we're always going to need that facility, no doubt, because there are going to be people that g- are going to give up on their dogs. There are going to be dogs that don't have a home that need to go there. We should be aspiring for dogs to only ever end up in there once for it to be short term mm. uh, and for it to be a rare event. Yeah.
2: Whilst we're on the subject, I just want to, I just want to, if I, if I can, I'd like to plug two rescues that I've worked with. I've worked with many rescues. All rescues care, but the people who work on the ground at the rescues all care. They all have dogs' best interest at heart. But what I've found is, as you go up the corporate ladder, the caring stops and the business takes over. There's two rescues in particular that don't do that. And one of them is Carla Lane, Animals in Need. And another one is Warrington Animal Welfare. I've spoken to the owners of these rescues, management, everything, and every single one of them. Have absolute commitment to dogs and welfare, and they all want to do whatever is best to ensure them dogs have homes for life. Um, Carla Lane, in particular, every every bit of funding that 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 the public give Carla Lane goes straight back into them dogs, uh, with with without question. So I would just like to give credit where credit credits due.
0: And actually that's one thing I've noticed since working with you guys, is every single conversation we have is all about the welfare of dogs the ethical treatment of dogs, how you can make sure that dogs have a better lifetime, how you can make sure that owners are better catered for so their dogs have a better lifetime. You know, and I think that that's such an admirable quality. Yeah. And it's so important you, to have that. And I think what you're describing there with those rescues is a really dog-centered approach, isn't yeah. it? And isn't, isn't that a mantra for life? Yeah. You know, if I, I I could have that on this Christmas jumper instead of got Christmas on the brain, I think we should have Dog-centered view is a mantra of
2: life. Dog-centered view, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just I'm listening to what's being said here, and, and there's things that I I really really I you know like you say we're, we're very honest. Danny, Danny and I are very honest. Um, I don't just train dogs; I also campaign. Uh, yeah. For you know the welfare of dogs and and for integrity and honesty and as other well. animals and yeah. yeah and other animals and other animals and and I think you know it 's it 's christmas right it 's christmas it's a t- so it's a, it should be a time to be fun, but I think it 's also a time to be honest and yeah. a time to be truthful and some of these figures that are coming out here you know ten yeah. percent of dogs that are destroyed um, for behavioural problems or destroyed by um, rescue centres for behavioural problems. And I'm saying destroyed and not euthanized, because the dog's not suffering from some physical ailment or injury. This is something that can be addressed. Yeah. It, it is something that can it, be resolved it, yeah. through training. So it's being destroyed. It's not being euthanised. It's not being put to sleep. And I me and Jamie have been destroyed.
2: addressing this for over a decade. Yeah, and You've I, I, had I,
0: lots of dogs through, haven't you, that rescues all, have advised euthanizing and they're now living their best life with people. All the time. With people.
2: But, countless dogs. But to
1: also say, to go back to some figures that you were saying there, 60 Percent of dogs, are, for, for a start, 10% of dogs being um, euthanized or destroyed. I'm going to dispute that. I would consider that to be higher yeah. than, the, than the 10%. But the problem that we have, and it's something that Danny and I have campaigned for, is this integrity, this transparency, this honesty. There is no requirement for national charities, national dog rescue centers, to release their destruction figures, Mm -hmm. to release their euthanasia figures. That's wrong. That's wrong. wrong. You've got got animals that are being put in. They're sentient beings. They've got a past. They've got a present. They've got potential futures. And this should be documented. Mm -hmm. If dogs are being put down for or destroyed for behavioural reasons, behavioural problems, that should be documented. 100%. We should be able... That should be a... Available 100%. to the public who are making the donations to those organisations to say, what, what was wrong with the dog? What did you do with the dog? Why did you take the course of action that you did with the dog? Those, those yeah. um, you know, that, that data should yeah. be available for people yeah. so that we can have discussions like this with full and accurate yeah. facts. But it's not a requirement and it yeah. should be. It really, really should be. And yeah. the other thing that I think is that where we have these... Um, multi-million mm-hmm. pound I'm not talking about your independent yeah. you know rescues that are on the bones of their backsides you're really really trying to get things done but where we have these multi-million pound organisations that have access to incredible facilities that have top top of the rate you know top yeah. uh, uh, top, top um, yeah. academic input as well they're working with the latest uh, science and, yeah. and you know and what, ridiculous what, what funding right. huge funding it shouldn't be the issue that dogs are bouncing in and out no. of these places with the same behaviours or worse behaviours than they entered with. Yeah. You know, this this is problematic. And if welfare is our true cause, if welfare is genuinely yeah. what we're focused on, then we ought to be thinking, well, we've got a problem. Mm. We've got a problem here. Because, you know, saying that this is the only way, I'm going to say in the summer, I worked with a lady who, I I want to keep this as transparent as I possibly can, but I worked with a lady who was a a key um, member of an independent um, rescue, Mm -hmm. but I was working with her with her own dogs. And she couldn't approach her own rescue. She was a a high member of it because her own rescue only believed in doing a particular approach, in taking a particular approach with any kind of dog irrespective of the irrespective of the problem irrespective of what the potential outcome was likely to be for that dog the ends didn't justify the means so if if that dog was not going to be improved or was facing a bleak future but we've tried what we will stick to what only what we will stick to in terms of training that dog it hasn't fit the slot it's gone that's very very wrong
2: yeah that
1: really really, really needs is. to be looked at where you need it to really think is. We need to be doing as much as we can for these animals so that, you know, when yeah. it comes to um, Christmas time, when it comes to January or whatever, we don't have centres bursting with dogs. Mm-hmm. We have people yeah. bursting with a desire to take yeah. on these dogs that have been, you know, they've had their issues resolved. Yeah, yeah. I'm not bringing in problems, I'm bringing in fun. I'm absolutely. In what I want.
2: Ab- absolutely. And just to add a quick little bit of substance to that, as Jamie said, he thinks that 10% number is higher. The third biggest cause... Um, that vet report for euthanasia and we'll say destruction in in dogs is, is so the third biggest reason that they're euthanized or destroyed is problematic behaviour, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. under the age of three.
0: That was, that was under the age the of three. Theory. Yeah. Yeah. So we know the reasons why people want dogs. We know that it doesn't work out. We know that dogs needing to be rehomed can have an impact on a dog. Mm. Um, what can people do practically now we know this information? What practical tips can we give people that are looking for a dog or who might need to rehome a dog for whatever reason?
2: The first thing is when you're looking for a dog, make sure you're researching that breed properly. And researching the breed just doesn't mean I've Googled it or I've read a quick book. For example, if you're looking for a high-energy, high-drive dog, then you have problems that, that can relate to that, to that drive, this position. So you, you taking little Snoopy for a walk down the street. If little Snoopy is a, you know, a well-bred work in Malinois and you've not give that dog adequate fulfillment and, um, guidance and discipline in his life, then he can he can start to push that drive into problematic behavior, aggression towards dogs, people. No book in the world can prepare you for when that dog turns around and starts climbing the lead, trying to bite you because they're frustrated at the end of the lead. So what I would say is if you're looking to get any working dog, reading a book isn't enough. You need to go and ask people around who work with these dogs, who have these dogs. Can I spend some time with you? Can I see and talk to you about what it means to own these sorts of dogs?
1: Uh, I would say one of the most practical tips that I can give, I'm going to repeat it because it's an important tip. Don't get a dog for Christmas. Yeah, You know, a dog is not for Christmas. Don't get yourself Don't a get puppy a now. Way. Don't go and rescue yeah. one now. Don't do it. Leave it a few weeks. Let the festivities settle down. Take a, a good, rational approach. Really, really think about it. Am I ready for it? Is it the right time? Is it the right dog for my lifestyle? Yeah. Do a full research as much as you possibly can into the good and the bad of that dog, because you're both going to
2: benefit as a result. And when you're, when you're adopting a dog from a rescue and you're aware that there's behavioral problems, ask what their protocols are to resolve in these, these problems. A lot of, a lot of organizations out there will insist on using rewards only and, if, if It'd be great if we all lived in that world, but nothing on the planet learns in a purely reward-based way. Dogs live with three outcomes in mind. I've said this before. Seek out pleasure, avoid discomfort, and better your own situation. Your dog will need to have an unpleasant association towards not doing certain things in order to stop them. Simply just giving them biscuits will not stop. I know it's not what people want to hear and it's the narrative that's pushed on people, but it's the reason why there's so much problematic behavior in society today. When you're looking to, if you're unfortunately having to give up on a dog and you want to rehome the dog, Again, try not to be pushing them to your friend who knows a friend. And when you're looking for a rescue, look for a genuine, non-destructive rescue that is willing to offer RBU rescue backup.
0: Right, I think we've had lots of listener questions in this week. Do you want to give us one, Jay?
1: Yeah, absolutely I will. I'm I'm going to come with one that's very, very relevant, particularly this time of year. Um,
0: Christmas time! Christmas
1: time! Christmas time, two weeks, big fella's on his way. Um, Okay, so we've got a question here. I absolutely love Christmas morning, and I'm pretty sure that my dog loves it too. Am I right? What do you think about that?
0: Well, Depends if you've
2: given him a bone or not. Does yeah, my yeah. dog
1: love Christmas I think, morning?
2: I think it's subjective. You know, you might have one dog that all the family come round, all the kids are playing, your dog goes, woohoo, what's going on here? This is exciting. But with a lot of dogs, it can be extremely overwhelming, it?
1: I found, I mean, I've got four children and um, they're teenagers now, but when, when the kids were younger, with the dogs, the, the dogs, I didn't have them in the sort of living room where where yeah. the kids would open their presents. And I didn't have the kid uh, the dogs in the living room at the time that the kids came down and were opening their presents. And believe me, believe me, my dogs, or my dog, when it was a singular dog, didn't sit in the other room thinking, oh, let me see, I want to know what he's brought. You yeah. know, what, what have I got? He's, What's been, under he's, been. Tree? Yeah, he's been, he's been, he's been, he's <laughs> been. Nothing wrong with getting your dog a very, very dog-friendly dog friendly gift you know or gifts if you want to do that absolutely fine give them to your dog separately perhaps after after the kids or your partner or any guests have opened their gifts as well be fully aware of the fact that some dogs aren't really into mm. all the lights and all the noise and all yeah. the joy and all the, you know, over excitement and the yeah. paper and everything mm. that's all, My dogs you know, love
0: playing with a wrapping paper. Going, yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. When, when my kids were younger, they used to prefer playing with the boxes. Than they yeah. Did, the yeah. We
2: did one Christmas, we, I can't remember what we got, but it was a massive box to it. And when my mum and dad were getting ready, they'd come down. it just down. a box? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might as well have been because whatever <laughs> it was was left and me and our Jonathan were pushing, pushing each other down the stairs in the box. Aww. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to make one more point on that as well. Um, on Christmas, there's a lot of food present yeah. and there are many different foods that are toxic to your dog. You know, on Christmas Day, you have a lot of chocolate, there's raisins. There's, you know, a quick Google search will tell you everything that your dog, um, if that is toxic mm. to your dog. But... Just take care to control the environment.
0: Lump of coal that ends up in your stocking, or that might just be me. That's just you. Even even
1: down to the fact of, you know, you might think, oh, I'm going to give the dog some turkey. Take the bones out. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just just, just common sense things, just... You know, don't go over the top for your dog. Go over the top with your your love, and your, you know, take them out for a fun walk or something like that. You have to say get yeah. them your get them your your, your dog friendly gifts and things like that. But just be careful not yeah. to leave. Everybody's got, like you say, Danny. Everyone's yeah. got food lying around in places where you know yeah. selection boxes are ripped open and whatever it happens to be, yeah. and a dog will be in there yeah, yeah. like. Something like yeah. snow off a shovel. Yeah, to be, yeah. A, to be yeah. able to yeah, yeah. take that, you know. So just uh, yeah.
2: be careful. Nothing could enjoy it. Yeah, nothing can put the mockers on your Christmas like an emergency vet visit.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I give my dog shampoo for Christmas because it's ironic because they don't have any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But seriously, what about when lots Get of people them a wig? Come- Yeah, <laughs> what about when lots of people come round? Again, it depends
1: on the dog, doesn't yeah. it? It depends on the dog and how many people you've got coming round. Some dogs are absolutely fine in social situations. If you've got relatives that are coming with youngsters and you've got a relatively young dog or you've mm. got an exuberant a you know, a dog that enjoys jumping up and interacting with people or whatever, just yeah. for the sake of whilst they first mm. arrive at least, yeah. never the twain shall meet, you know. Yeah. And then a bit later on, bring them in, perhaps go out for a Christmas walk before you or to burn off your dinner or before your dinner or whatever. That's the time to introduce people to your dog, even if they're the dog that everybody loves, just for the sake of, you know, avoiding anything that might go slightly wrong. Simple precaution of, just yeah. give it 10 minutes and then we'll bring them in and then we'll meet.
2: This no is why anymore. I'm a big ab- advocate for crate training. You know, just having a crate there that your dog can just retire to and give themselves a little bit of space. You know, you'll, you'll see it. I'll see it with my dogs. If, if things are a bit overwhelming, they'll literally give you the look like, I'll be doing with this. Yeah. And they'll take themselves off to the crate. Yeah. Having a nice little safe sp- space where they feel.
0: Safe. My dogs aren't great with new people, so no. I always put them in the crate when anyone comes around, and yeah. they're they're happy there. They feel safe. It's their safe mm. space. It's a good place.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just because just just to um, just to reiterate again for you know for people listening, for people watching, your dog isn't going to resent you for it. No, absolutely. They're not, not. going to sit there thinking you're the Grinch that stole my Christmas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? you you're you're the responsible person who made sure that I don't potentially become one of those statistics that we're talking about where I'm abandoned because of something bad that I did that could have been avoided
0: okay Danny go grab your baubles and give us a good icking, please
2: (laughs) it's for today okay we've got Liz from Moisty Lane in Staffordshire (laughs) very creative name okay she says when people scold their dogs for the things that they've allowed them to do previously that really pisses me off yeah. It's so very festive. <laughs> that yeah. really bothers me. It's not me. in the Christmas spirit, <laughs> is it? A big it? one. So we agree, for, Liz. For people who haven't really made sense of that. So let's say every time you go in the house, you make a big fussy dog and he jumps all over you. And you're like, oh, he's a good boy, he's a good boy, he's a good boy, or a good girl. Sab. Love it. Yeah. But then one night you've got your glad rags on, that's your nice clothes for anyone who's not Scousers. <laughs> yeah. And you're ready, you're ready to go out. And your dog comes in from the garden and jumps all over and you go, get down. And now your dog goes, goes all suppressed and sheepish. You've encouraged that behaviour for months, possibly years. Your dog does not know the context of, I've got just had a good shower once a year. Um, I'm in nice clothes and I'm going out. You shouldn't be jumping on me. That is your fault, not the dog's fault. I
1: would say exactly the same thing is true of letting the dog, you know, if you let your dog on your sofa and then people come around, you think we can't let them see the dog on the sofa and say, get off, yeah, get yeah, off. Exactly or the same. feeding the dog from the table. I'll because kick you don't people mind doing- off
0: the sofa for the dogs to get on.
1: <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> I
0: really genuinely do. No, 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 no. That's Luther's seat.
2: <laughs>
1: but or, or you know when you're sat there watching te- the telly on a Saturday night you don't mind giving your dog a little bit of food whilst you know they're alongside of you but now the dog comes begging when your friends are coming around for Christmas and you're inviting relatives around who aren't particularly doggy and your yeah, dog's begging yeah. so you're giving your dog a telling off for yeah, doing something you, you like dog, your dog's looking at you like this is what yeah. I do what you're doing just yeah, remember yeah. they don't see things like we see things yeah, yeah. they don't realise that oh I can't do it because it's yeah. them that have come round and they're not really into me just stick to your rules. Either you do it or you don't do it, but here, there's here. no grey.
0: Danny, Ick me baby one more time.
2: Okay. We've got Denise from Pratt's Bottom Kent, and Denise says, things that really get my goat. That dog's too big for you. You could put a saddle on it and ride it. You don't have to put a saddle on it if you want.
0: You could go bareback.
2: Oh, yeah. That's for a different show sir. <laughs> so, the thing is... Merry we- Christmas, children. Yeah. If 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 you're subjected to that kind of um, criticism quite a lot, that that would that would annoy you. But if you're you know, seven stone wet through and about five five foot tall and you walk on a Great Dane or something. That's mean. Yeah, yeah. That's and mean. you walk on a Great Dane that has no lead manners, then the dog is going to be too big for you because if that dog decides to pull, you have no way of controlling that dog. And by law, your dog must be under control in a public place. Mm. So I think the answer to it is, there's no such thing as this as long as you've trained your dog and the dog is under control in a public place at But all that's, times.
0: It's two different things, isn't it? What we're talking about there is people not having control of their dog. Yeah. And a contributing factor is the strength of the dog in yeah. that circumstance. So I, I get that. This is an interesting context in this one because uh, the person that's written in has got um, a, a one-year-old, Canny Corso, yeah. who walks to heel yeah, that's beautifully, yeah. beautifully. Um, but because she's small, she's petite, and she walks her dog alone, she often gets those kind of yeah, comments. Yeah, that's a ridiculous now, this comment. this gets my goat because people have looked at her as a small petite woman yeah. with a big dog and made an assumption. And frankly, that assumption is yeah. based on a gender bias and they can put that in their And the gender and bias it. is available in all stores now. I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I again, don't like it. It's an assumption. Again, so
2: if you're the person getting
0: dragged
2: dragged down the street by your one year old can corso, then, then they're making an observation. If you've put the time in and your dog's walking beautifully to heel, then they need to shut the mouth and mind the business yeah. because the dog's
0: obviously not too big for you. Absolutely. Denise, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. That's a nick. They can ick off.
1: Yeah. I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah,
0: just the ickle bit,
2: yeah. I've got nothing. Yeah. What if the dog's just the ickle bit too big for them? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Great questions, great icks. I'm feeling very festive. If you've got any more festive questions, then we'd love you to write in. Jay, how can they do that?
1: You can climb up your chimney stand on your rooftop and ring a few festive bells and we'll <laughs> have our ears open and we'll make sure that we get in touch with you. Or you can go on social media, at Dog Scholar podcast or you can email podcast at the well that's
0: all we've got time for this week we hope you've enjoyed the show please keep sharing it it makes an enormous difference share it with your mates if they don't like it well frankly who cares but maybe the dogs will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you don't know what to give somebody for Christmas, give them a link to this podcast. I yes. guarantee everybody's going to love it. Danny, final festive thought from you.
2: Well, I wouldn't say it's festive. I'd say it's a little bit more serious. We've um, we've found out on the show today that a whopping 90,000 to 130,000 dogs are given up on every single year. And if you take on board the information that you've listened to in this show, let's get them numbers down. Let's be good dog people.
0: Yeah, hear, hear. Now, this is the last show of the year. We've got a little Christmas break coming up, so we will see you next year. Enjoy yourselves. Be good. If you can't be good, don't get caught. Merry Christmas. Have a fantastic Christmas Christmas
1: from all of us. (laughs)